0: Welcome to the Medical Affairs Professional Society Field Medical Focus Area Working Group's podcast series entitled Field Medical Stakeholders, Partnering for Today and Tomorrow. In this 12th podcast, we will discuss compliance. I'm Catherine Gann. I'm a member of the Field Medical Focus Area Working Group, and I'll be the moderator for this podcast. Currently, I'm an independent consultant in medical affairs, having spent my 30-year career as an MSL, an MSL manager, and an MSL trainer. Our legal disclaimer is as follows. The views expressed in this recording are those of the individuals and do not necessarily reflect on the opinions of MAPS or the companies with which they are affiliated. This presentation is for informational purposes only and is not intended as legal or regulatory advice. We encourage you to engage in conversations about partnering with field medical stakeholders with other MAPS members via the community portal on the MAPS website. Simply log in with the email address and password associated with your MAPS account and click on the discussion tab. Then scroll down to Field Medical to post a question or review previous postings. The objectives for this series of podcasts are that at the end of this series, the participant will be able to, one, discuss the functions and activities of key internal stakeholders, and two, identify potential areas for compliant collaboration by MSLs with those key internal stakeholders. I'd like to thank today's panelists for sharing their subject matter expertise with the MAPS membership. Speaking today are Donna Holder, Senior Director, Global MSL Excellence Oncology, Global Medical Affairs at Daiichi Sankyo, and Donna will be our interviewer, and Mary Beth Svetz, Senior Manager, Ethics and Compliance Business Partner at Novo Nordisk. And Mary Beth will be our interviewee. So, Donna, as I turn this over to you, could you perhaps start us off by telling us a little bit about your background and what you do now?
1: Absolutely. Thank you, Kathy. It's a pleasure to be the interviewer for this podcast. I've been a PharmD and in the industry for close to 30 years, with the majority of my time in medical affairs. At AstraZeneca, Merck, and now at Daiichi Sankyo. I've spent a considerable amount of time in field medical roles as an MSL, various levels of management, and as a global MSL Excellence Lead. I also co-lead the Field Medical Focus Area Working Group for MAPS. Mary Beth, before we jump into the interview, can you take a few moments to share with us your educational background and career history to date? Sure. Thanks, Donna. So I, too, am actually a
2: PharmD by background. I graduated from the Philadelphia College of Pharmacy a little over 10 years ago. Um, Since then, I have held positions within the pharmacy field in retail pharmacy, in uh, medical affairs, within medical information. But my current role is at Novo Nordisk um, in the ethics and compliance department.
1: Great. Well, why don't we first start out by understanding your role? Um, Well, actually, really the role of compliance in your organization. So just describe the scope that compliance has in your organization. Sure. Thanks, Donna. So traditionally, when we think about the
2: ethics and compliance function, uh, some of the top responsibilities that come to mind are monitoring and auditing compliance investigations, and policies, procedures, and it, and additionally, training. So this is um, exactly where a lot of our time is focused within Novo Nordisk. Specifically, um, I currently do work more so in the role of advising on policies and procedures and providing training throughout our organization, but specifically to our clinical, medical, and regulatory functions.
0: Can you
1: help me understand, because it's always confusing to me, particularly in different organizations, just the lines and the differences between legal and QA and regulatory? Sure. So so
2: this is something, and it's a great question, Donna. Each, Each company may define those lines a little bit differently. But when we think about the role of ethics and compliance, I think it's important to keep in mind a lot of what we're focused on is minimizing execution risk of the company when it comes to operationalizing um, different tactics and strategies within your organization. Thinking about ways that are that that compliance is different than some of the functions you mentioned, um, something that's important to keep in mind is the legal team is is focused a lot on advising on legal risk. Whereas a lot of the role within the compliance organization is is how that legal risk can manifest um, when we're executing
1: now, before I ask you some specific questions about the MSL interactions and how you work with MSLs, why don't you tell me specifically about your role in compliance and maybe even like a day to day or kind of a weekly what what types of things that you do? What's really neat about my current
2: role is I am actually a side-by-side business partner with our medical affairs function. And what my day-to-day looks like is a lot of proactive work. And if there are new strategies or tactics that our medical affairs team wants to start implementing or start thinking about, I work with them side-by-side to help operationalize those tactics.
1: Okay, great. I'm going to dive into that a little bit further. So how do you work with your medical affairs organization? And maybe start with just medical affairs and then specifically with your field medical team. Sure. So when we think about, and and the
2: way I'll walk through this is let's think about the beginning of the year when we're rolling out new strategy and, and how we're going to actually operationalize that strategy. When the team is thinking about uh, new approaches, and making sure that while we think about ways to implement, we do this in accordance to policies and procedures we have in place. Working with the team to to make sure that where we want to go as an organization is really in line with the policies that we currently, um, you know, currently operationalize under. And I think, of course, we can talk about the X's and O's and how things get done. Um, but also, we want to really think about, as an organization, the ethics of the activities that we're performing as
1: well. Donna, I hope that answers your question. Feel free to. Yeah, yeah, it does. And I think what might be even more helpful is if we get to some specifics, even examples, and maybe starting sure. with what, what are the hot topics um, that, you're, that come to you, particularly around field medical.
2: Sure. So it's a great question. And I think something that that does come up quite often when we think about products and um, the focus of our medical team being specifically around educating uh, the healthcare community, how does our medical team interact within a responsible way with our commercial colleagues? So that's really one of the areas that I would say comes up on a weekly, if not daily basis. How can we really work together and minimize any potential risks uh, that may accompany that interaction between the medical and commercial functions. And uh, a topic that pretty much goes hand in hand with that, Donna, is um, off-label and pre-approval promotion, making sure that we mitigate any risks that could come along with um, new new activities that our medical affairs organization is involved in. So, those are the two hot ones.
1: Okay. And I want to go back to something you said before about working proactively. And I'll just share that's how I like to work with compliance as well. I think early on when I didn't understand as well how to work very well, I was much more in a reactive phase going to my compliance partner on saying, you know, can we do this or can we do that? But once I understood how to partner better I realized that if I focused on the the principles and really helped to understand the principles of what we can and can't do it was less of having to go back to compliance all the time because as you know field medical it, there's I mean there's some clear do's and don'ts but there's a lot of gray and you know I didn't want to look at my compliance partner as having to go to on a, on a daily basis asking questions of if I can do this or not so I felt like if we had that understanding around what are the principles, which then I could decide yes or no, um, it was helpful. Do you have any examples of how you worked proactively with your field teams? Yeah, Donna, I, I, think, I think the way you're thinking
2: about that is, is music to a compliance officer's ears, right? When we think about working with, with medical affairs in a proactive manner, it's exactly that thinking about those principles of medical activities that can really set up a great relationship between compliance and medical affairs. So when we're talking about that, it's always great for my medical affairs colleagues to bring to me, you know, what is the intention of the activity that they're going to be, um, or they're hoping to deliver? What is the content of, of, of what their, their um, you know, new activity is at hand? And really the, the, the ultimate thing the when we're thinking about um, a, a new activity is who's driving the activity? Is it is it a medical team's um, team's initiative? And that's really where when we're thinking about those principles you speak of, those are three questions that I often offer to to my colleagues in medical affairs to say, think about this when partner when when we're you know working together to operationalize a new strategy or tactic, because if you think about that up front. That really sets us up for success um, as we're trying to get to where you want to go.
1: So I am totally aligned with that. Um, when I think about, and those are even some best practices that that I think through, but if we think about also best practices in terms of how we partner, can you tell me, do you sit on a field leadership team, or do you have um, like quarterly meetings with them? What's, the, what's a good way to keep that open communication and stay on the proactive side?
2: Yeah, so, so it, it is always great to have a, a touch point with leadership and I do currently, I, I work with the head of the medical affairs team um, and, and I have monthly meetings with her and her strategy and execution leader. Uh, that has been a wonderful touchpoint to really make sure that we keep that two-way communication going on a regular basis. And then also, um, within my current role as a business partner, I ensure that I make myself available to to anyone on the team, not just leadership. Um, if questions do come up, the the MLS in the field have have my contact information to reach out um, as as needed. And and that's really how. I think we can, we can partner and, and build that trusting relationship to, yeah. to really feel comfortable to, to work together and um, you know, get proactive with, with anything that may come their way.
1: So how about, so we've talked a, a little bit um, and we've given examples around some of these best practices, the ways to partner with compliance. Are there any don'ts or area of caution that we might keep in mind when working with compliance?
2: Yeah, so I, I think one of the things, and, and I'll start, that just really came to mind as we were talking, as you were recently talking, was don't be afraid to ask questions. The, the, the role of, of compliance uh, really should, should be seen as a partner. And if you start asking questions, it, it really is my goal um, to make sure that we, you know we understand where you want to go. So, so don't be afraid to ask questions. I think that's a, that's a really important don't. Um, the, the next thing that I would just keep in mind is there are policies and procedures at, at your organization that really do help shape where your organization wants to go. And I always encourage, um, whenever, whenever the team of, of, of my medical colleagues has questions is take a look at those policies and procedures first. And, think about you know the way what what your question may be in regards to or, or your new your new tactic may be in regards to think about what our policies say and does it does does your question you know fit within the bounds of, of some of those policies and procedures and if not what do you want to do and 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 how can we potentially you know look at policy and and see if there's ways that we need to to think about reconsidering the way policies are written, so it's it's um it's there's there's some great things to really do on the front end that that can really prepare you for a, a productive conversation with compliance.
1: Great tips, and and I'll tell you that just I've had the luxury of being able to partner with compliance over the years, and I've got to the point where I truly view compliance as a partner, much like I have an HR partner, a communications partner, I see compliance in the same way. But in order to make that partnership work well, I do employ a lot of the the guidance that you've just, you, you know, you've just shared of really doing my homework before I go to compliance. I think compliance in the past has gotten a bad rap as, you know, the, the one that's going to say no. And I've recognized that compliance is there to guide us and a good compliance partner is there to help us get to what is, you know, really understanding what do you want to do? Let's figure out how to do that compliantly. And in order to do that, as you said, going back to the policies, making sure I understand it and being making sure I'm able to articulate to the compliance partner what I want to do so that we can find solutions together. I think that's, you know, makes a lot of sense.
2: No, that's great. I appreciate that. And I think, I think about closing remarks that that's definitely the, my goal to what we want to hit home today is compliance really can be your partner to help you move forward and, um, you know, look forward to to the future of, of helping medical affairs.
1: Well, thank you very much, Mary Beth. You couldn't have said it better. Those would have been my closing comments as well in that, You know, over the years, I've gotten to the place where I value um, the partnership that I have with compliance. And and I actually look to them to help me, um, you know, understand the the best paths to move forward and, you know, listen to what I want to do and and
0: come up with solutions together. Thanks, Donna. Well, Donna and Mary Beth, thank you so much. Um, I was thinking as you guys were talking that MSLs often think of compliance as being the sheriff who's not going to allow them to do anything. And you're there to stop the MSLs from doing their jobs. And we know that isn't true. And I, like Donna, have had the experience of working with very good compliance partners and having very open communication and dialogue and not being afraid to ask questions. And I think that if we can impart one thing to our MSLs, as they are listening to this, is if you have a question, ask it. Just don't assume that compliance is going to tell you, no, you can't do that. Sure, compliance is there to minimize the executional risks, as Mary Beth so nicely put it. But they're also there to help you find or help us find a way to work in a compliant manner and to better serve the company, to better serve the patients. And it's just, they are, a part, compliance is a partner, is a true partner. At least that's been my experience. Um, and I got over that idea that compliance was there to stand in my way because they really aren't. They're there to help us, to help the MSLs, to help field medical So I want to thank both of you for that very good conversation, and certainly I think in line with our learning objectives, our our participants should now have a better understanding of the role and function of compliance and how they may more proactively and compliantly work with compliance. So this has been the 12th podcast in our series on the topic of field medical stakeholders partnering for today and tomorrow. If you're a MAPS member, thank you for your support of MAPS. And if you're not yet a MAPS member and would like access to additional resources in this area, please visit the MAPS website to explore joining. That website is medicalaffairs.org forward slash membership. This concludes the podcast.